This is a Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. Good morning. Welcome to the library. Thanks for coming. Uh, today's event is part of the campus's uh, celebration of Black History Month. We uh, are very happy to welcome Dellen Jones into our library. Dellen's one of our full-time faculty members uh, from Speech Communications. We've had Dellen here speak for us a couple times, and uh, it's always good, so no pressure, Jones, but you better be good today. So with that, a uh, round of applause, Dellen Jones. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Swanson. All right, today I'm going to talk about a subject that's extremely important to me, and I actually started to think about um, the idea of family when I was in college and seeing some of the advantages that family provided some of my friends and some of the disadvantages that other friends had. And as I began to grow and mature myself, some things became even more evident that a lot of my friends did not have their father in their in their life. Uh, whether the father was not living with them or whether they did not have an opportunity to see their father at all, uh, that was uh, something that came to light early in my life. Uh, coaching women's basketball, I've had a chance to uh, see even closer some situations where the father not being there uh, was a major, major issue. Uh, there have been situations where I know of coaches at the high school level, uh, coaches even at the college level, that would take advantage of these young ladies. And from my standpoint, it was quite obvious, I can tell my player had their father in their life or where they didn't have their father in their life without even talking, without even them giving me any inside information. It's just a perspective that uh, these young ladies would have. But as I began to recognize some of the young ladies on my actual team, I started to look into some of the young men that were on the boys' basketball team as well, and some of the same characteristics uh, were there. Some decisions that are made are made out of, not stupidity, but out of ignorance of not knowing. And so that becomes a problem. And so the question I start asking is, where is daddy? Where is he? Why is he not in the home? Um, one major problem I have is that I think that, as my man Malcolm X once said, I think we've been tricked. We've been led astray. We've been bamboozled and to believing that daddy does not have to be into the home, does not have to be in the home. And we do not value the need of having a father in the home. Now, first I have to qualify three issues. I am not suggesting that single parents are bad people. That is not what I am doing by any means. Uh, my mother-in-law is a single parent. So I'm not suggesting I think she's a good parent. She did all she could to raise her children. Uh, 
I'm not. Oh, that was actually a lady. I'm sorry, by the name of Sharon Leverett, and she has this website called SingleBlackParents.com, which I think is good. She was concerned about the image of single black parents, and one thing that she hates is the uh, the negative image that she believes she carries every time people under, uh, find out that she's a single black parent. And uh, she wants people to know that they're not all on welfare and they're not all dysfunctional and that she's working hard to take care of her children. So in my message today, I am not downing single parents. Uh, secondly, I'm not attacking the children of single parents. This is not my goal at all. Single parents are not bad people. I married a woman who is a product of a single parent household. And we've had a number of conversations about the advantages and the disadvantages. She's seen some things. She actually, uh, a major focus of hers was to make sure that she was involved with someone to the best of her ability where she can raise a family with a father in a home. Of course, there's nobody cooler than me, so she's, she selected moi. And um, you have no control of the situation as a, as a child of a single-parent household. That's, that's, that's not your fault. You're not a bad person. You're not less than anybody else because of, of that situation. But as my wife um, always states, there are some things that she didn't quite understand about relationships. She didn't see how her mother and father interacted with one another, how they would have conflict and find a way to uh, find a solution for that conflict. Uh, those are some of the concerns that she had, and so she recognized that, and she didn't take it personal in the idea that family and having a father in a household is a good thing. Because that's a good thing does not mean that she is a bad person. Because it's a good thing does not mean that her mother is a bad person. So I need to qualify those two things first. Third, there are some reasons why this is going on. And I've given, as Dr. Swanson has said before, I've spoken on this campus a number of times, either in the OOC building or here in the library, and I talk about some controversial topics sometimes. And uh, black America and white America have a history, and there are some sensitivities there, and we have to find a way to get over those. Uh, both groups have some historical responsibility um, in reference to this, this phenomenon that has hit uh, our black families, our African-American families. Three things I want to talk to you about today. The first thing I want to talk about is the disadvantage of single-parent households. And that goes across uh, income. It goes across racial background. Uh, that is something that is a disadvantage to, to all families. It is hurting our society. Second, I'm going to talk about how African Americans um, got into this predicament and how we are disproportionately affected by this issue. And lastly, hopefully, um, we're going to try to find out how we're going to fix this problem. So those are things that we're, we're looking at, and we... Uh, have some people in the audience, some with doctorate degrees and so forth. Maybe they're doctors, one back there in the back. Uh, he's just received his Ph.D. Uh, maybe he can uh, help us find some solutions uh, to, this, to this issue. So I want to bring some things up. This is how the home should look. 
you know, we're supposed to have somebody, uh, and and oh, I'm going to qualify something else a little bit later on, too. There's some, another issue at the end of the speech. I'm going to bring something else up that I had a, I had a conversation with my office mate, but I want to tell you about that right now. Um, here are the disadvantages. Now, by the way, you and uh, President Obama may be, you know, you guys may be okay. Uh, president Obama was a product of a single-parent household. He became president of the United States. Uh, that guy's okay, too. <laughs> but uh, So we do have people who are successful, as I was telling you before. However, young children living without their father in the home are more likely to live in poverty. They tend to have more trouble in school. They tend to have more trouble getting along with others. They have a higher risk of health problems. They're a greater risk of suffering physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. A lot of times it's the, the boyfriend or the stepfather that is moved into the home and sees an opportunity of a child there with not able to protect himself, herself. They're more likely to run away from home. So I ask of you, where is daddy? Where is daddy there to protect his little girl and his little boy? Teenagers who live without their biological father in a household experience more problems with sexual health, sexual diseases. Uh, they're more likely to be teenage parents before they are ready. They're more likely to smoke and drink alcohol and take drugs. They're more likely to play truant from school. They're more likely to be susceptible to gangs. I saw a documentary once that talked about some gang members who knew who to go after and who not to go after. I was not going after Mr. Johnson's son because he didn't play that. That was just... Um, a documentary that, that's a reflection of, I, I know these gang members know who to go after and who not to go after. There's certain people that they didn't mess with. So I ask of you, where is daddy? Young adults, when they grow up, are less likely to attain academic success, more likely to experience unemployment, more likely to have low income, more likely to be on income support from the government, more likely to experience homelessness, more likely to go to jail, more likely to develop health problems, more likely to, to divorce or not ever get married at all, more likely to have children outside of marriage. Again, I ask of you, where is daddy? Mothers, mothers are by themselves. They will, on average, have less income. The median income for a black family headed by a woman is about $26,000 a year. The poverty threshold, $22,000. There are some single parents out there that are making it happen and have good jobs and are making it. But there are a lot that are not. So that's a major problem. They're more likely to suffer from stress, depression, emotional and psychological problems. They have problems interacting with their children. My little daughter is four years old. She's 
She's a beautiful little girl. I love my daughter. Man, 9 o'clock, 9.30, she doesn't want to go to sleep. I see my wife getting stressed out. I'm able to go in there and, and give her a break sometimes and, and so forth. Sometimes she's able to give me a break. Uh, and there's, it is a stressful situation having a child, and we only have one. We only have one. So this single parent is trying to take care of this child by herself in most cases. And that becomes a problem. So we have to consider the question again, where is daddy? How can we leave our woman at home by herself? Here are some other statistics that I want to throw at you. 75% of children and adolescents in chemical dependency hospitals are from single-parent households. One in five children have a learning or emotional behavioral problem due to family styles uh, changing. More than half of all of our youth are incarcerated for criminal acts lived in one-parent households when there were children. Suicide statistics. Every 78 seconds, a teen attempts suicide. Every 90 seconds, they succeed. 63% of suicides are individuals from single-parent families. Separation, divorce, unmarried parenthood uh, creates issues as well with suicide. These are some things that we must look at. Teen pregnancy. 75% of teenage pregnancy are adolescents from single-parent homes. As you can see, you come from a single-parent home, there's a good chance that you're going to lead a single-parent home. On average, doesn't mean you have to fall into that category. You can make a change. But on average, that's what's going to happen. Approximately 13% of all babies born in the U.S. are born to adolescent mothers. One million of those teens become pregnant each year. And this is a major, major cause. This includes the breakup of the American home and parental loss. These are just some other things dealing with crime. We talked about the child is more likely to end up in jail. Gang recruitment is a powerful lure for the product of broken homes and single-parent households. As I told you earlier, gang members are likely to receive little guidance or attention from family members at home. Remember that guy right there? That's what happens when that, our children are left at home. Um, hold tight. Let me show you that. Also, there were like 5 million children who lived in neighborhoods in which single mothers were head of the households, 80% of those children were African Americans. Where is daddy? Girls whose mothers were teenagers at the time of their birth are over 80% more likely to become teenage mothers as well. Where is daddy? Study on families with a great deal of conflict suggests that children raised in those families, check this out, do better if their parents stay together than if they are divorced. Where's daddy? Generally, people whose parents never divorced tend to feel more satisfied with their lives than others whose parents did divorce. Where's daddy? One study suggested that children with stepfathers are three times more likely to be abused. Another indicated that 17% of female victims were sexually abused by their stepfather. Where's daddy? A predator knows when daddy is not around. That information came from Father Facts. 
um, a book called by uh, the National Fatherhood Initiative. Now, here's the problem. African Americans, as I stated earlier again, are disproportionately raising these children in single-parent households. These kids count. They were, this is an organization that deals with uh, underserved children, children that are are not prepared to be as successful in life as others, uh, called the Annie E. Casey Foundation. They were founded like in 1948 sometime. They've been doing a lot of work uh, in our nation. Here are some numbers that are kind of troubling. Single-parent households with Asian and Pacific Islanders are about 16%. Non-Hispanic white, about 24%. Hispanic or Latino, at 40%. American Indian, who's having trouble as well, at 53%. Black or African American, 67%. The majority of our families are coming from single parent households. That's a problem. That's a problem. The average is 34%, which is also a problem. It needs to go down in uh, all walks of life, but the African American experience is different. Now, in Illinois, it's even worse, closer to home. We have 76% of our families are in this predicament. And this, from the Census Bureau, by the way, this is a major, major problem. If these numbers are true from the Census Bureau, and we're going to have all these problems with teenage mothers, crime, sexual abuse, not doing well in school, health problems, and 76% of our families are in that position, that's a problem. Now, the question is, don't look at that yet. <laughs> the question is, how did black America, how did African Americans get into this predicament. Now here's where some controversy comes in now. So hold tight, listen to me. Don't judge it right away. Hear it, hear it out. Slavery, you guys heard of that? Happened in this country. Created a family divide in the African American home. Some are going to ask how. Well, families were split. Before I even continue, I'm going to digress for a second. There's research that says that slavery has nothing to do with the predicament that we're in today. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys about that in a second. But I'm suggesting that when you are in a situation where you have a family and someone comes in and snatches daddy out of the home, that's creating a problem for those children. Those children are not going to see mommy and daddy interacting, and they're going to raise up not knowing how to raise a family or to treat the father when they become a mother in their own home. There's a psychological destruction that occurs. It's a psychological, psychological destruction. There were situations where the father was taken out of the home, and was tied to a tree and was whipped. 
There are a number of occasions where that happened. Some say that it was a purposeful event to destroy that black man. He loses his confidence, his self-worth. But think what the little boy is looking at. What is he seeing? Is he seeing someone that can stand up and protect him? Is he seeing someone that is strong and will always be there? Think about the little girl who's seeing her daddy, who she adores and loves, who was there to protect her, can't do that. He has no power. The little girl is looking at her father and saying, wow, the little boy the same way. Now, what is the, the woman doing? What is the wife doing? How is she being affected by that? You guys heard of a, a concept, I'll say, called the Woody Lynch letters? Anybody ever heard of those, the Woody Lynch letters? Now, there's some questions of its authenticity. There's some questions, but the concept and the ideology, there was not much question with that. The Woody Lynch letter pretty much had slave owners who would consciously, purposely, strategically try to conquer by, by dividing. And to have control, what you would do is you would try to get the woman to go against the man and the man to go against the woman, the young to be against the old. And the old against the young. The dark skin versus the light skin. Those who were in the house against those that were out of the house. It was a divide and conquer philosophy. If you were able to implement this strategy on your plantation, it could have effects for thousands of years. Because the children only know what they see. If you see division and separation, that's your understanding. There's nothing wrong with division and separation. That's why I quoted Malcolm X earlier, and I said, You've, we've been tricked into believing that it's okay to be separate. We've been tricked into believing that we don't need daddy in the home. That effect from slavery is a direct connection to what we are going through today. Now, some argue that things weren't as bad in the 50s and the 60s. That's what this was all about. They were saying that things started to get worse in the 80s. Well, they started to get worse in the 60s and the 70s and 80s. But even during that time, it was a lot worse than it was for white America. When we were at... 30% in 1970 is not as bad as 67%. White America was at 10%. We've always been in trouble in this country with our families being intact and the father not being in the home. Another issue that we need to look at is slavery has hurt our love for ourselves. If you don't love yourself, how can you love your your husband. If you don't love how you look, how can you love your child? If your child is getting negative ideas in their head, how can they love their family? This is a major problem. We are the, some people are going to argue 
in other ways, but we are the only ones that really have trouble loving our skin color. And it's a beautiful skin color. I look in the mirror, I'm sexy. You know, I just, damn, that's just how I, I go. We are the only people that don't like our hair. Our women must straighten the hair out. Why? Why does that have to be? Because the black men won't like them if they don't straighten their hair out. So why are we like that? Where do we get this philosophy of beauty from? Why do we feel that way? We're the only people that really don't want to know our history. We are the only people that really don't want to know our history. Now, I know there are other people from other races that are 16 and 17 that don't want to know their history, but they don't want to know math and English and everything either. That's just how that goes. What I'm talking about as a people, we don't want to know our history. Some of us hate or even embarrassed by our connection to Africa. My aunt, and I won't say her name because this is, this is that podcasting stuff, right, Troy? Actually got upset with me when I said, I started talking about our connection to Africa. She said, I'm not from Africa. I have no connection to Africa whatsoever. This lady is a Ph.D. professor. And we just had a major conflict with that. I won't go into detail. But we don't like the idea of being connected to Africa. We're the only ones that don't know what our real last names are. And don't even care about that history. We're the only ones that call ourselves derogatory words in the name of endearment. And not understand where that word came from. All these negative thoughts were a reflection of slavery. Now the question is, what must we do to fix this problem? What must we do to fix this problem? First, I want to talk to the men. The first thing we have to make sure is that we have a responsible mindset. We can't be afraid of failure. We can't be afraid of failure. When you have so much negative thought process in your head about not being able to do something, when you don't like yourself and you don't have confidence in yourself, you don't want to be put in the position to be a father of a household. But we're going to have to have a responsible mindset. We must also show respect for all women. Whether they earned it or not, whether they deserve the respect is regardless, we need to show the respect. We need to show the respect. Stop calling our women the B words and H words and all those other kind of words that I hear in that hallway just this, I heard this hallway just this week after I wrote this. These women are our present mothers and future mothers. If you love yourself, why are you trying to destroy her by tearing her down? Maybe you don't even know that you're destroying her and tearing her down. And maybe she doesn't even know that she's being torn down. But you have to be intelligent enough to know that that is bringing the mother of 
your people down. You can't let history dictate your story. Don't let the Woody Lynch philosophy get you in trouble. I had a young man on the basketball team last year said, I don't date black women. An African American said, I don't date. If you decided you want to go in another direction, okay, but how could you ever make a decision that you're not going to date any black woman? You personify the Woody Lynch letter when you have thought like that. Second, we must choose to be around intelligent women. That's a major deal. We must choose to be around intelligent women. When you're catching hell in your relationship or in your marriage and you're blaming her, I'm willing to bet when you first met her, she was the same way. This goes across races and cultures. You have a responsibility to pick a good woman. Why would you pick the woman that's out there acting crazy? That's your, that's your choice. You don't have to pick her and then say all women are a certain way. That's your decision. But if you want to be a father and keep your family intact, you need a partner that has her head on right. And so when you go out and just start picking women because they have on short skirts and get yourself caught up, remember who you sleep with, it's a good chance you're going to get yourself in trouble and be connected to that woman for the rest of your life. So you have to be intelligent in how you go about selecting the woman that you're going to potentially marry. You must be ready to sacrifice your time. Get yourself together academically. In our society, to be able to be successful and to lead a household, you have to get yourself right. You also must be ready to be a husband. That scares all men. <laughs> Saying the word husband, people I see guys now already getting jittery. Look at them. Husband. But the predicament that went, I got one guy leaving. He was like, husband. <laughs> I'm just about to. <laughs> husband, what's that all about? We've got to be a we have, it's, it's time to, to, to step up and be a man and start taking a rightful place back in the, in the home. It is scary being head of a household. It is. If you can't pay the bills and they throw you out of your home, People aren't going to look at the woman and say, although the women are making more money than we're making, and say, what is she doing with her household? They're not going to look at my wife if we can't pay the bills and say, what is she doing? They're going to look at me. If my couch and my table were out in the front lawn because I've been evicted, they're going to look at me. That's a responsibility that I must be prepared to deal with. That is not something that I'm supposed to run from. Somebody has to step up. And be a leader. So we have to make sure that we're ready to do so. And we do need self-love. We need to stop calling each other the N-word. We just need to stop doing that. Because you guys understand where that, where, that, where that came from? I've asked a few of my players, and women use it as well, but I hear guys using it all the time. It's, some, some would argue that it's a term of endearment. And it is. It is. I'm not arguing that. But in, in, in during slavery, the way that came across was that the slave owners 
would call the slaves niggers. And a lot of the slaves did not have the same language or understanding. All they were here is nigger. So when you are in a situation where you're catching hell, you're in a barn and you're talking to somebody who don't have the same language, all you heard was nigger. So of course you're going to use the same terms, but it's a term of endearment because you're in the same predicament together. So that continues on and on. Of course it's going to be, and you have a different meaning when you say the word than when someone else says the word. I understand that. That's, the, that's how it was then. That's how it is today. But do you understand that you did not have any control of that word? Someone decided to call you that word, and they didn't mean any good by it. And so just because the situation dictated that that word started to be used doesn't mean that you, as an intelligent person, has to continue to use that word. Because nigger means lazy, shiftless, don't want to do something. And when people continue to say that it has a good meaning behind it, that that's my friend and my brother, when they're mad at somebody, they say, look at that N-word right there. Look at him. Man, I whooped that. That's a term of endearment? No, that's a negative term. And when you get mad, you understand a negative term. So why continue to use it and call your brother and your sisters those derogatory terms. So we've got to have some self-love. We've got to stand up and be a man. I don't want niggers leading households. I want black men standing up and being who they're supposed to be. Women. Oh, men, by the way, you can't run when you have children, whether it's planned or whether it's by surprise. Okay? You have a responsibility for those children. Stop saying that you were tricked or that you were trapped. You had total control. First, you didn't have to lay with that woman. Second, you understand what it takes to protect yourself if you decide to do so. Third, you're here in college. You know that if, if a person gets pregnant, it's yours, and you need to take care of it. All right? So that's the one thing. You're in control. So don't get upset with that woman because you say she tricked you or she trapped you. That's your decision. That's your decision. Now, what women need to do, because we need your help as well. First of all, don't forget the Woody Lynch concept. Okay? I know a lot of women who don't want to date African-American men because they're no good. They're not going to do right. They're going to cheat on you. Men of all races and all ages cheat. As a matter of fact, I'm the only one who doesn't. <laughs> there are some good men out there. There are some good men out there. Don't label and put men all in one category. That's not good for you, and it's not good for your children to do that. So we need to first get that out of our system. We can't forget how... Slavery has affected the black man. I'm not using slavery as an excuse. That's what I'm going to bring back a little bit later. That's, it can't be continually used as an excuse 400 years later. There's got to be some changes. But it, has, it was an effect. And when that black man, was his dignity was taken from him, when he couldn't take care of his family, he lost confidence. He lost a good feeling about himself. 
And so you sometimes have to be a little patient. This society is not designed. Now, we are not doing what we need to do to make, take advantage of some opportunities that are out there, but the playing field is not level for the black male. I would digress too far going into that, but it is not level. 2011, it is not level. This is not some historical thing. Today, it is not level. So we have to, as women, be able to look at the situation and see the big picture. And we need to stop calling these men niggers as well. We need to stop doing that. I, I heard some of my players from last year. Now, my All-American guard here, she doesn't talk like that. That's why I have so much respect and love for her. But um, she knows some of those that do. She knows some that do. And that's not helping the situation. You also have the responsibility to be with a man that has some common sense and some intelligence. Just as the man knows, you also know if he's a loser. You do. I tell my players, black and white, on my team, that when you, actually I tell my classes this as well, when you're dating this guy, you know whether he's right or whether he's wrong. You just want him. But you know whether he's right and whether he's wrong as a female. Women are not smarter than we are in these situations. They let their emotions get in, in the way and they make poor decisions. But you know whether they're good or bad. That man who drank too much at parties is going to be an alcoholic when you marry him. And he's not going to be a good father. But you knew that. That man who you get mad at because he's chasing every female on campus, and you're like, he's disrespecting me. Then you back with him a week later. That's your decision. You put yourself in that position. That is your responsibility to find a good man. And stop looking. You're old enough now where you need to do that. I know you're in college and you want to have fun. But I'm going to tell you, the man you sleep with is a good chance, just as that man was in that position, that you're going to be with him for the rest of your life. Something's going to happen. He's going to, you're going to get pregnant. Something's going to happen. So why lay with someone that, ha that doesn't have any common sense? Why be with someone who doesn't have your best interest at heart? You have the ability to say no. You have the ability to say no as well. Matter of fact, you have more of an ability. I know that may sound sexist, but we don't think the way we're supposed to. You're more intelligent. You have, you have the ability to say no. You don't have to do what they want you to do. Men also would treat you the way you carry yourself, the way you dress, the way you talk. There are certain women that men would never call the B word to just by the way they carry themselves and the things they say. There are some that they feel more comfortable saying that to. Is that mommy? Is that mommy? The way you dress and the way you talk is a way... Don't get excited now. I mean, he's just... <laughs> He's like, yeah, okay, that's not mommy. I'm just messing with you, young man. Carry yourself with some class, man. Carry yourself with some class. You can still dress nice and look good. There's nothing wrong with that. But carry yourself. The way you dress is the kind of man you're going to attract. And we see this. We may not consciously think about it, but we see you. 
We see who you are. This is how a conversation goes. Yeah, she's a freak. No, she's not with that. I can get with her. That's how it works, women. So you have a responsibility to make sure that you do things the right way as well. And you can't find love uh, that you're looking for from your daddy through sex. It's, it's easy for me to judge, and I'm not saying that it is, it, it, there's a lot of deep stuff that goes, goes on with that. The psychology behind it, I'm not even qualified to really talk about it. But I can at least tell you that you're not going to find the love that you're looking for from daddy through sex. It's just not going to happen. You need to make a decision that you're going to be with someone, hopefully when you're married. So I can say that after I'm married. But hopefully when, hopefully when you're married, you make that decision. But you have a responsibility to think about that. Don't let your past experience put you in a bad predicament. And stop trying to convince yourself that you don't need a man. You don't need a bad man. You don't need the wrong man. But if we're going to get our families together, we need to have a good man in that household to help raise those children. Uh, guess who the Talented Tenth? Guess who a concept called the Talented Tenth? You guys know who kind of brought that to the forefront? A guy by the name of W.E.B. Dubois. You guys heard of him? The Talented Tenth says that there are some leaders out there that must lead the masses who can't see the big picture. There are some leaders in every group that can lead the masses. You being in college gives you a major, major head start. You have a responsibility to get your act together so that you can go and talk to the other 90%. You have to be the one that's going to lead the cause. You have to first get your act together, get yourself right, and once that's right, then you have to go and help get someone else together. That's the responsibility. If one person is not going to make this thing happen, okay, we need the talented tent to go out there and try to spread the word that we need daddy back in the home. And everybody must step up. We need everyone. You know what happens? We need black, white, young, old, Asian, Hispanic. We need everyone. Because when these children are not getting, them, not getting the leadership they need in the home, they're committing crimes. Who are they robbing? You. Who's the government take, uh, taking your taxes for? Them. Instead of complaining, help try to find a solution. Maybe help to get the situation where it needs to be. We all must be a little less defensive in making this thing work. Stop trying to make excuses for the situation that we're in. We've got to do something to get this thing right. Daddies, we also need to dress right as well. Is that daddy? That's who we want daddy to be? I know I was born in 1935. I understand that. My mindset is a little different. All right? But this does not say daddy to me. And something in my heart tells me it doesn't say daddy to you either. It just doesn't say that. That's more like it. That's the man right there. 
I can't see where his pants pants probably hanging down too. I don't know. But that's a man. We got to start carrying ourselves in a way where we're going to be able to look the role. We want good women. Certain women are going to go for you. This one. Same, we talked about the women. Certain women are going to choose this. That's not the woman you want. If you have your head on right, you don't want that, that woman that we showed earlier. You want a good woman. And a good woman who has her head on right, that's going to be a good mother to your children and not um, create more issues for you, is going to go for more of, that, or more of that. And people can argue about fashion and all that kind of stuff. I actually did a major paper in grad school about that. The way you dress, the way you look, the way you carry yourself is going to dictate how people are going to treat you. So we got to make sure we get that together. We don't want that baby mama drama. I used to hate that time. I still hate that time. I hate, I hate baby mama drama. It's just something about that that's just the antithesis of what I'm talking about today. I just always hated the term baby mama drama. I hate that. Um, but where is daddy? Where is he? Why is it that 33% of our homes only have a daddy in it? Why is that? Where is he? He's at the job. He's at work. Daddy is next door. Daddy is in our classrooms. Daddy is also on our basketball teams. We need to talk to him. Daddy is in this room. Daddies are in this room. Daddy can be in our lives. But he can also be in our homes. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to get this thing together. My generation didn't do it right. We didn't. That's where it started. My parents' generation didn't do it right. My parents' parents' generation, that's where it started to, to break off and get worse. We were affected by slavery. But we can't continue to let that be an excuse. We've got to be wise based on our, learning from our history and be able to make a change. I need men to step up and be men. What you do today is going to affect tomorrow. I need daddy back in the home. Thank you. Now, I mentioned some things earlier. Um, I talked to another faculty member, and he was, I was telling him about the conversation, and he talked about, you know, that we're kind of neglecting the idea that there are same-sex marriages and things of that nature. That's not the direction I was trying to go in. I'm looking for a heterosexual community to get themselves together. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. I know I had that question actually three years ago when I kind of talked about this as well. Uh, and that, that's a very conservative argument that I'm making to have family together. And I don't think it's conservative, liberal, doesn't make a difference. Family together is what we need. But if you have some questions, I'm not afraid to be challenged. I'm not afraid to be wrong because it's not about me. It's about our families getting things together. If someone has some comments, some questions, I'll be glad to talk about it. If I don't have the answer, maybe Terry Chambers back there has the answer, uh, we can try to find some, uh, some common ground. Does anybody have any questions at all or comments or thoughts? Yes. 
Yes, there's the disadvantage. It's not as wide as not having the father altogether. Yes, I'm sorry. The question was, what about the family to perhaps have gone through a divorce? They still have a good relationship. The father is still trying to be there for the child and try to and and and, and trying to be supportive. And there's no animosity between the mother and the father. Is that pretty much it. Yeah. Um, what and there are going to be situations like that. It goes that that goes across a lot of different factors, race, age, all that doesn't make a difference. There's going to be divorce. We have a divorces as I talk about in my interpersonal class. Divorce is increasing, and is and people are getting married less uh, throughout uh, different races. What I want to do is not focus on, if you go through a divorce, that's all you can do is try to still be the best father that you can be and try to be the best mother that you can be for the child. There's nothing more that you can do with that. Um, and who knows? I mean, knock on wood, I hope I don't have to go through a divorce. But if it does, then I've got to do everything. If I do, I have to do everything that I can to be there for my daughter and to help my wife, even if she made me mad or whatever the situation is, I still have to try to be there to make sure that's a good situation. That's my responsibility as a father. So because you go through a divorce doesn't mean that everything's going to go haywire. But what I want to do is hopefully put us in a position where we have a better chance of making it. Some divorces happen because people grow apart, things just didn't work out for whatever reason. But some divorces were going to happen from the beginning because we picked that loser as our husband or as our wife. But sometimes things go in the wrong direction, but you still got to try to do the best you can. If you're a single parent now and the father's not there, do the best you can. Maybe go, and that's what singleparent.com was talking about, find fathers in the church, find uh, leaders, find good coaches that are going to look after your son or your daughter. You know, find someone else. The, the, it takes a, a village to raise, takes a, a village to raise a nation. It's a great concept. It's tough now because we don't want anybody saying anything to our children. If you say something to the neighbors, don't talk to my kid. Don't, don't, that's my child. Leave her alone. You know, you can't really say much anymore, so it's tough. But now you have to go out and seek someone that perhaps an uncle, uh, a brother, uh, someone that you trust. Um, and also we've got to stop leaving our children in places where we don't know who they are. Uh, I've had players who've had children, and they would I had to tell them, you can't just leave your child with that that man, you don't know who he is. You don't because you saw him in the gym two or three times. See, that's when the father is not there. That's how things happen like that. So the mother has to be more um, focused on protecting her child because that's what happens. You have to be careful when you bring that boyfriend in. When you go through the divorce, you can't bring that boyfriend in and just trust him with your child right away. That's how our children get molested and so forth. So those are those are some of the, the dynamics that we deal with with divorce still. So it is at a disadvantage, but it's much better if both can work things out and try to make it happen. Did that answer that question? Yeah, okay. Any other questions? Yes, sir.
when I was younger. Oh, sorry. Um, all right. Um, basically, you know, it was more or less the fact that my, my mom, she was way in Illinois, my father was in Tennessee. And although, you know, I mean, both of them loved me and was there for me. You know, I spent a year with my mom, spent a year with my dad, and going back and forth. But they used to always make me choose, and it was just, you know, as a child, I'm not going to tell them it hurt me, you know, you know what I'm saying? But it still hurt me on the inside to say, well, you know, this year I think i got to choose between my mom and the dad. You know, why can't I have them both? So, I mean, it still affects the child, even though the child might not say nothing to the parents. But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, both of them, they're still in my lives. My mom, she's still in Illinois. My dad's still in Tennessee, and a uh, great guy and everything. So that was just, you know, coming on that. But. Uh, another thing, if you are, those statistics, and I've, I've actually looked at a number of sources to make sure that I was not misleading or using mis misleading statistics. Um, coming from a single-parent home or from a home where, there was divorce, you do tend to put yourself in a position where you're probably going to go through the same thing. So you have to be work real hard, not being paranoid, but be conscious of the woman that you choose. You have to make sure that you make good decisions because what you've seen, and not necessarily in your case, but just in general, people could stu I mean, students, children who come from single parent homes are going to make some of the same decisions and mistakes that the that the parents made. So you really got to work hard to make sure you're making good decisions uh, up front. Up front. Um, any questions? Any other questions or thoughts? Anybody have any other solutions to this problem that perhaps? See, I, we can't fix the nation right now. It's not going to go from 67 percent to 10% next year. It's just not going to happen. The only thing you can do is take care of your individual situation and talk to your friends, the people that you do know. So that's where we get it started. You take care of your home and your family, you saved your children. Okay? You have a good family, and then your children will perhaps learn from you, and then we can move forward that way. So we've got to go one at a time. Dr. You know coming? You know coming? younger and teens and stuff like that and uh the pre -teens, I feel like a lot of what's going on now today as far as like um you know premarital sex and like you know kids like younger kids having kids basically I feel like this happening because everything that's on TV you know back then it was kind of you know they didn't have as much you know body you know showing and stuff like that in TV even in uh the younger shows like I seen something about like Dora the Explorer the new outfit they have for her, like, you know, she's slimmed up, you know, not as wide, you know, slim, and uh, had on a little cute skirt, and, you know, leggings. I'm like, come on now, the kids are going to be watching this, you know. So I feel like the TV has, like, a big influence, especially, like, the commercials and stuff. Like, I understand it's cool, you know, to do the, I seen some, uh, they had the strip pole dance, you know, workout where you do the little strip pole stuff. You know, kids see that stuff, and it's like, it's acceptable now. You know, back then it wasn't like that. So I feel like we just growing up now and, uh, you know, a generation where it's more acceptable, you know, to show your body and stuff like that. So that's basically uh That's a, actually a great point. Could close out? Oh, in the back?
Stephanie, that is actually in my speech. I took it out this morning. My wife was a lawyer, used to work with DHS. No, listen to this. She told me that the state cannot do that because they can't force a way of life in the curriculum. I forget she used some other legal terms. So because that was a question, that's, the, that's what I would love to have. I think that we can talk. That's a beautiful idea. But if we, I don't know what the problem was. My wife told me that there's some, with DHS, she works with children all the time, and they were, some people really want to put pro programs like that in the grade schools and so forth, but there were some legality uh, issues that, were, that came with that. So I'm not 100% sure about that. I mean, I trust my wife to, for the most part. I trust her. No, I'm just kidding. I love my wife. I trust her that she was right. I mean, she's been working in that area for a long time, so that's why I took it out. Because uh, if I'm not sure about it, then I I can't say it. But We had about a, me and my wife had about a 15-minute discussion this morning about that, and she was like, hey, you can say it, but I'm just telling you what I know. And that's pretty much what she told me, that there's issues with getting things, things in curriculum and so forth. Dr. Swanson probably know about libraries not being able to have certain ideas, and that people are trying to stop that. We had an issue with that a couple of years ago. So 
that is a, a legitimate concern. I just don't understand. I'm not an expert in that area, so that's why I didn't bring it up. But I would love, I'm in agreement with you, if we can get that concept in our schools about being, about family. But see, now you have other situations coming up. Who's to say that that's the right thing to do? You know, what's, what's, what's wrong with um, same-sex uh, partners? What's, you don't have to have a daddy. There are two women. You don't have to have a mommy. There are two men. You don't, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with single-parent households. I don't want a man, and I don't want my children being taught that they have to have a man in school. So you, people uh, have different philosophies, and then it's tough to force that in the curriculum just because you and I see it that way. So that's, I think that's where the conflict is coming in. Uh, if I can just snap my fingers and have it done, that's what I would have done. But because I'm convinced that's the best way to get our society back together. But there are other factors that are involved. As far as the little dolls and all that kind of stuff, that's another thing. Sometimes when you're a single parent, you don't have the time to always be there every minute. So your child is watching things, watching television, getting into things that perhaps if there was another person there just to say, hey, wait a minute, I don't like her looking at that door on a, what kind of pole? What's this? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, no, whatever. I, I don't want my daughter watching that stuff. I am, I am very happy. My, I hope I don't raise my daughter into a nerd because she doesn't watch any of that stuff. If it's something like that, she can't see it. She can't see it. So Dora's not that way, he said. So. <laughs> oh, she had a little skiffy skirt on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other questions? I like that one of my players tells the, tell those young men, her name is Shaquilla Quirrell. Some of you guys may know her. She actually tells the guys, I don't like how you dress. You know Shaquilla? You don't know Shaquille, do you? I don't like I don't I don't like that. That doesn't that doesn't that's not good for me. You know, be a man. She she tells them that all the time. She tells them don't curse around me. Stop saying those things around me. She does it all the time. I have a lot of respect for her. Uh and when she does that. We need a little bit more of that. You're gonna get on some people's nerves, but just to say you don't have to keep pounding them, but just every now and then. You know, talk to them. Tell them that they shouldn't be dressing that way. She talks to her teammates too. Some of my current players walking around not right. You know, so she tells them, I don't like that outfit. Go put something else on. They tell her to leave her, leave, leave him alone, but she tells them still. So, Dr. Swanson, you want to? All right, yeah. All right, one more round of applause for Dylan. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library.